Thank you for listening to Soul Radio. The opinions expressed in this program are those of the hosts and the guests. This station is not responsible for any claims or representations made and does not endorse or recommend any products or services mentioned. Yo, Rick Brandon Tracy set it off with that spiritual truth. A soul radio, yo. Let's go, listen up, listen up. You want to stay with the triple threat rule with the spiritual blood. Rick Brandon and Tracy, they got the master plan to bring you into God's holy land. When Christian real, the next stop and make your marriage work. Relationship letters, they will make you twerk. Attention, please. Attention, please. Listen. If you don't like gospel, smooth R&B, and a talk show that's out of this world, then stop listening now. For the rest of you, get ready for two hours for pure talk and musical joy. I like the way it's going down. Get ready for Let's Stay Together Talk. All right, listen up, everybody. In five, four, three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome to Let's Stay Together Talk. Your host, Reverend Rick McCain, along with my baby, my girl, my boo, Alter Brenda McCain, how you doing, baby? I'm good. It's a cool Tuesday, which I'm loving. But it's a, it's another Tuesday, so I'm grateful to be alive and to be here. Gonna say, hey, Tracy, out there. Yeah. We see you out there waving at you. Hey, hey. Yeah, Tracy's still doing social distancing. So for those of y'all listening on the radio, if you join us on Let's Stay Together Talk Show on Facebook, you'll be able to talk with us on Facebook. While you're listening to it on SOAR Radio. So, I mean, that's got to be like a blessing. You can do two things in one. It's almost like Devil Mint Gum, you know. Two things in one. You can listen to us on SOAR Radio. And you can also, you know, help us out. Go to uh, Facebook and uh, join us at Let's Stay Together Talk Show. Baby, um, I do want to say hello to Beverly and Andy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you very much. Uh We've got an interesting show coming up. We've been trying to stay relevant with all of our show. For those of you who have never been here, we are doing some uh, new things here. We've got a new forum where we're uh, we're actually, um, you know, talking about, you know, topical subjects. And we also changed the music. So we're playing some uh, R&B soul with the music that we have as well. And so uh, we hope that you all are going to enjoy that. Uh, We've been enjoying it, haven't we? We have, for fun. the ones that I could hear, because usually we don't hear it, but um, the feedback has been pretty great. Yeah, and so we're going to be doing that, but we got some uh, some interesting comment topics, and, and one topic I've got, and I just got it shared with y'all now, uh, you know, I say, it's your future, I put down, it's your future, so shut up and speak. I'm explaining about what I'm talking about there, we're going to be a little rough on this, because... A lot of times people are opening up their mouths, but they're not saying nothing. And so we need to start, you know, shut up and start speaking about something that's really going to make a change in our communities. Uh, I was looking for, you know, uh, to try to get my little track together for Christian Rio. 
Uh, I cannot find it today. I'm running around too much. Uh, but we just got to go into the show. What are we talking about on Christian Real today, babe? As a black Christian, can I work with my unsaved brothers and sisters? Can they do that, babe? Yeah, they can. But let me say, let me, let me, I, I got a couple of things I want to start off on that. I was, I was just recently, I was looking at something on YouTube. And uh, this gentleman by the name of Daryl Davis, Daryl Davis, uh, he was uh, telling me about a story with him going uh, as a young man. He was, uh, uh, you know, going to the boys club and, um, you know, he's part of the boys club thing. And he's walking through this this part of the city. And as he's walking through, he's the only African-American there. And um, he um, he gets, you know, rocks and bottles and stuff thrown in his direction, and he's thinking they don't like the boys' club until all of a sudden he finds out that they're throwing rocks directly at him. There were some white people there that were throwing rocks at him because he was in a white community, the only black person there. And so he was. He asked them, why were they doing this? But they didn't want to explain it to him. So maybe about two decades later, he decides to do something I thought was revolutionary, and some African-Americans are going to think it's crazy. He decided to get an, wanted to have an interview with one of the Ku Klux Klan. He was a grand poobah of the Ku Klux Klan, or a district of the Ku Klux Klan. But he told his, his, his white uh, secretary to just tell them that, you know, someone wants to have a meeting with him, but don't tell them that I'm black. So the Ku Klux Klan comes with his guard and stuff like that, and they see him, Daryl Davis, a black man. You may have seen this a couple of years ago back on, uh, it, it was on CNN, and he meets with him, and the man decides to meet with him. Now, extraordinary that you have an African-American meeting with a Ku Klux Klan. Most African-Americans said, are you out of your mind? What the heck are you meeting with a Ku Klux Klan for? And the Klan would probably say, what are you doing meeting with the N-word that we were talking about last week? Mm -hmm. But they sat down and talked with each other. Long story short, uh, the Klansman comes over to Daryl's house and eats. Now, he told him, though we are communicating with each other, I still think you're inferior to me based on your color, and I'm superior over you. But Daryl Davis continuously talked to him, and he started coming over to Daryl's house to eat, and then they was even inviting Daryl to Klans meetings. And he was sitting in the front row in the Klans meeting listening to him because what Daryl wanted to do was find out how, why don't you like me? What is it about us that is so different that you can hate me solely on the color of my skin? I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere if you follow me. And again, long story short, the, the Klansman started coming over to Daryl's house by himself without his, his guard. And then he started letting Daryl come over to his house. This man, after Daryl, who would a radical decision of deciding that he was going to talk to a Klansman to find out why he didn't like him, he got the Grand Poobah to reject being a Ku Klux Klan. Not only that, 200 more Klansmen dropped ranks and decided not to be a Klansman anymore. And so what I'm saying is, when we say can you know, Christians, our black Christians, can we work together with each other? We sometimes treat um, our African brothers and sisters who are not African-American brothers and sisters, who are not a part of Christ or the Christianity, 
Somehow, I know some people ain't gonna like this, like they Klansmen. We don't even wanna talk to them sometimes. And I just wanna know from your perspective by hearing the story, because I know people are saying that's still a crazy story. It was, but I think he did an excellent thing because he gets somebody to remove hate so much that they denounce what they used to believe. And so I'm saying to Christians, what it is about us, because that's how most outside world, because Christians, you know, you ain't, you don't follow Christ and you a heathen. You know, and I joke about Very that sometimes. We're judgmental, and most people don't even want to be bothered with us because we treat them like, you know, like we the Ku Klux Klan's, and, 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 you know, and, and we're superior over our own instead of listening to them to find out what it is, what's going on in their lives that we can incorporate into bringing them to Christ. What you got to say about that? Well, <laughs> Christians as a whole, you know, if we keep it Christian real, we know we can be very judgmental and very critical of people who are not like us, sort of like whatever organizations do. If you're not similar to them or like them, they sort of look down on you. But I truly believe that all people have a voice. All people can be used by God. They don't have to walk the walk you walk or talk to talk you talk. Their ministry could be totally different. They could probably save more lives in the genre and what they are in. Like when I put out the post, I had some reservations. I was asking Rick, should I put a disclaimer on this? Because I want people seeing Lil Wayne and Nicki Minaj and think, how do you know if they're saved or not? We don't know that, but it was just the point of using that as an example. I remember when Nicki put that song out a couple of years ago with that gospel person, and I can't think of the song or the name of the song or the artist, but a lot of people have reservations. How can she be doing this and then she's on a gospel song? It was a great gospel song. I wish I could remember it. Anybody could remember it. Type it out. Tracy, if you know it, let us know it. But um, her tribute to that. If that person wanted her to be on there, it was something. She reached some people. You don't know, you know, the, the fact that these people could be out here reaching other people, doing stuff and saving souls. It doesn't have to stay within the four walls. That's why we have to go out. And I think us as Christians should be able to work with unsaved people. And a lot of people don't. You know, agree with that. And, and the okay. problem is, is that uh, when we don't work with Christian people, I know we got a couple of comments up there on, on Facebook. If you're out there on uh, SOAR Radio, uh, join us right now. We're talking about should Christian, black Christians work with our brothers and sisters. Uh, some people, you know, sometimes get the, the thought process, oh, uh, because she's secular, why is she making, uh, you know, Christian music? A lot of our Christian people who made great Christian music came from the secular world. Yes. <laughs> and so that is, you know, you, you need to understand that. And, 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 and I'm going to go to a couple of the comments that we have there because I know. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Uh, Tracy did chime in on this one and said Christians are sometimes very judgmental and will walk away before trying to hear the other side. The song was by artist Tasha Cosby and Tracy love her and the name of the song was I'm Getting Ready. Right, there you go. And so, I mean, the girl came with it but see, we can't go beyond the vision of what we see or how she look and her surroundings and the type of the music she produced. You don't know if Tasha had a relationship with her and yeah. she was really Reaching her. I mean, apparently she was reaching her. But the thing to get me, going back to judgmental, 
that's a lot of us. And it's sad to say that's how if it, if it don't look Christ-like, we don't want to be bothered with it. And Tamika McKinley says, same way all of us say, folks, how babies out of wedlock. Boom! She just put it out there and got the nerve to judge other people. Yeah, and we and we do that a lot of times. And, and, and Christians, we we gotta stop doing that. So you know, what I've been doing, you know, because I'm gonna admit something, preacher or not, I've been judgmental be, between black people sometimes. I can't <coughs> stand going sometimes to these, um, you know. African-American restaurants and barbecues places and they don't have my stuff on time. And I'm like, you know, I'll say, you know, boy, black people make me mad. And, and I'm being judgmental. And I have to correct myself on that. Um, but those are facts, though. Some of they may be facts. They may be facts, fact, but, you know, it doesn't mean that I, I, I'm putting it in, in a judgmental okay. thought process. Like, you know, I'm almost categorizing all blacks. Like sometimes, all blacks are lazy. Well, heck, we built the United States. How can we Thank be lazy? You. But we you just know, need a rest. We have to watch that, and I'm putting myself on blast too by saying I- I've got to watch sometimes how I can get frustrated and call out some people. So, I, you know, I was listening to some brothers out there that you know I don't necessarily listen to a lot, and uh, I was listening to. To T.I., and he was talking about something about voting and, and racism and how we need to come together. And I guess this guy's name is uh, Drade Banner. I may have said his name wrong. I put down D-A-R-D, and I might be wrong. D-A-R-D? Yeah, Banner. I think it's something different, but he, he's a rapper, too. And uh, Killer Mike. I'm listening to these rappers, and I don't listen to rap music, but I saw them, you know, I was on YouTube, and I'm listening to them. And these men just, you know, so educated. They came from a a, a hard life. You know, they, they, they admit it. They used to sell drugs. Uh, you know, they you know they was ganging, banging. They were shooting. It was causing all kinds of things. But they changed their lives when they started seeing that their community needed something. When they started making it up, they didn't just sit there and say, I'm not going to help my community. I'm going to lift them up too. And so when they're doing that out there in the world, and we as Christians are not listening to them. I'm gonna say this, this, this. Yeah, Killer Mike. I was listening to a lot of things. He got a lot of knowledge, wisdom. He's got some facts. He's got some history. He educates. And I'm like, you know, I'm liking this. We miss out on coming together with people like that, so we can get rid of things like systemic racism and prejudice and hatred that we have on on, on uh, African Americans. When we don't work together with people who have some knowledge out there that are, may not be Christians, I don't agree with everything that they're saying. Uh, I don't know what their music is talking about because I haven't heard it, but I heard them. And I made it intentional to start listening to what they think because he's younger. This is our future. If we're going to bring people to Jesus Christ, we need to know where they're at. We can't just say, you need to get Jesus saved in a thousand years from now. Where your life going to be? Honey, I'm worried about five minutes from now. What am I going to do for an hour? Talk to me about what's going to happen today. I can't pay my bill. Don't ask me what's going to happen a thousand years from now. Talk to me what's going on now. And then maybe, like the black man with the Ku Klux Klan, if you come to my level, then maybe I'll see where you at. And that's what we're supposed to do as Christian, meet you where you are. Like the the old stereotypes, Tracy did say there are all also stereotypes out there. Within the church, growing up, certain churches, you couldn't have a baby out of wedlock, and they shame you 
in the church if you did, which I thought was totally wrong. And then you have people that just automatically, well, um, if she's dressed this way and she come into church, I mean, they so worried about their man looking at the woman. They don't want the woman dressed a certain way. A lot of churches now are come as you are. And of course, you know, I always say a babe in Christ. If you're a babe in Christ, um, yeah, you're dressed a certain way. Five years later, you still dress the way we need to revisit orientation again. But the thing of it, I hate that, you know, a lot of people think Christians are hypocritical. And some of them are. And some of them are very judgmental. But overall, they're all good people trying to save souls. So I'm not going to knock us all the way down. But, you know, the sad part about this is, is so many good people just out there that don't look like a Christian, don't act or talk or walk the walk like a Christian, they have a lot to say out there to help people that they could reach them faster than I could reach them. Like if I'm in the hood and somebody say, I can't reach certain the thug life or anything like that. Maybe somebody else can who's trying to convert over and become a Christian. They would listen more to that person than they would listen to me. And, 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 and that's true, but we've got to make uh, an attempt to hear them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's like that uh, movie, um, I, I forgot what it called, just went out of my mind, when he said, I see you, Avatar. Avatar. Uh, I see you. Avatar. Was it, was it Avatar? Mm, Avatar. I, I see you. Mm -hmm. uh, we got to start seeing our brothers and sisters, regardless to what they're, you know, what they're in. I mean... I don't, I don't agree with a summit. I'm going to talk about this later. I don't agree with everything that Farrakhan says, but Farrakhan has been preaching systemic racism since the beginning. There's a show back in 1990 where Sean Farrakhan on the Phil Donahue show talking about institutional racism. There's a show that came on in the 60s where Malcolm X was talking about racism. In America, we're still talking about that now. But the fact of the matter, people get mad when Farrakhan says something, but Father Flager says the same thing. And we listening more to him. And, and here's Farrakhan. the thing that, that troubles me. Because Farrakhan says it, he's being radical when Father Flager says he's being righteous. They're saying the same thing. It's because you're looking at a black man that's saying, hey, this is wrong. Stop doing it. Farrakhan's been talking for the longest about respecting our, our blackness, respecting our, our, our sisters, respecting our mothers, respecting our fathers. You know, stop crime against each other. Stop doing this thing. This is the same thing that, that, that uh, Father Flager is saying now. It's nothing new to the black community where leaders are talking about that, but one is being radical and one is being righteous. Why is that when they're saying the same thing? Man, it makes me think of Malcolm and Martin. One is being righteous and one is being radical. And in this situation, it's like, okay, Farrakhan has been around a very long time. And are you saying the people who seeing him as radical is African Americans or the world? It's just the world. I mean, not a lot of you know. That's, there are some blacks that think that African Americans think that he is, but the world in general looks at him as being radical or mm -hmm. start because some of the things that he says. Because when he was with the the Elijah, the, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, they were talking about the separation. You know, we need to separate, and you know, we don't want to be with the white people. So, and he's like, okay, you're in the United States. 
that might be kind of hard for you to separate yourself in the United States as a country of African Americans. So that might be a little bit difficult, but they were, they were looking at some of the things he said as being radical and causing issues because he was saying, hey, if you're going to shoot me, shouldn't I defend myself? There you go. You know, and, and, and they didn't like that, you know, but, you know, th that's what the radical part is. But he's been talking about uh, lifting up the unity of African Americans for a long time. Now, I don't agree with everything that he says, but I do know that I'd say about 90% of the things that he's saying is true about what is happening to the African American culture and the systemic racism that happened in it. But going back, we have to look at ourselves as Christians and saying, I, why won't you listen to Killer Mike and what he's saying? Why, why aren't you listening to T.I. To, uh, and what he's saying? Why aren't you listening to, to other rappers and something that he's saying? That's what, that's what hip-hop and rap was talking about a lot of times. It was a lot of cursing words in there, but they were talking about the injustice that policemen were doing to African-Americans. We didn't like that. Oh, this, you don't have to have all that foul language. No, you don't have to call your woman a bee. Come on now, you don't have to do that. But inside what they were saying, there was a lot of truth. And what we have to do as Christians is start saying, hey, let's filter out some of the things that we don't like and really see what they're saying and see if we can get together with what they're saying and maybe we can change that KKK mentality and to a Christian mentality or that worldly mentality to a Christian mentality just just not saying well you don't believe in, in Christ and we can't work with you uh, or, or you got to believe you know believe in what we do the bottom line is is that you got to come to Christ my bottom line should never be that you got to come to Christ my bottom line is to offer Christ and give you the ability to accept it. That doesn't mean I can't work with you on common grounds on what we see that is wrong in this world and come together as Christians and non-Christians and say, hey, this is a this is not a Christian, non-Christian thing. This is a this is a African American issue that we need to come together and work on. Tracy has said, I think people are afraid of some deliveries and block out the message. That is very true because just what she was saying, the guy was probably an ex-drug dealer or a gang member, then T.I. is a rapper and an actor and stuff. Now, usually people pay attention to um, celebrities with stuff, but it's a stigma when it's the rappers, the hip-hop group. We just think, oh, we put them in a box and we say... Okay, the stuff that they put out there need to be censored. The stuff that they put out there is not good for America. It's making our race look bad. But you know what? Regardless of how we feel about them, they're speaking their truth of what they know. And like you said, filter out all of the, the foul language. You know, there's some work to be had and done with this. You got to filter that out and pay attention to what they are saying. I love the fact that you have African-American men from every walk, every corner of the earth on a stage, have a platform that's telling us how they feel and what's going on. And you think about that group of people no more probably of what's going on outside than what we know. So that's why I said the collaboration can be great. If we just get past the fact of not judging one another, we could work with other people who don't, who look like us, but don't act like us. And I'm going to say this. Church people understand me. Don't get mad at me. Don't want to listen to the show no more. But we're going to fall, we gonna fall in, in the bottom of the, uh, a bottom of the, of the barrel if we don't start listening to these people out here talking 
and try to collaborate with them in the name of Christ. We can't sit there and say, you know, well, we're going to do our own thing. This is the younger generation, okay? The younger generation, in a lot of cases, do not trust the church because they think we're weak and we're just going to follow whatever's going on. I don't know, I don't know too many weak pastors. I and mean, probably some out there, but not the ones I've been around. Mm -hmm. uh, but, the, but, but the assumption is we're just going to want to go for peace. We're just going to want, you know, let's just all get along, you know, and, and, and that is not the case. But we need to find out where they are and say, hey, I understand that. I agree with you on that. It's not that I'm just going to sit down and just allow them to say anything they want to and just accept it. I'm with you on this. But let's let's put a plan, an action plan together, how we can do this in a way that we can receive what we want in a peaceful protest, in a peaceful matter, than a violent matter. Let's see if we can do that. Because if we can set the tone with the rappers and the and the, um, the uh, singers and the athletes, and they can start coming and say, I'm trusting the church on this as well because they're backing me on my beliefs, on my ideas, on my philosophy. I, 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 I'm going to back them on that. I mean, I, I, like I said, I was listening to this, you know, Killer Mike. He's talking about, you ain't got to move guns in Chicago. Give them jobs. We've been talking about that for a long time. You want to take away guns in Chicago, but you want to take the guns away from the African Americans. Huh. We ain't taking the guns away from anybody else. So if the Second Amendment right says that we, we have the, the, the right to bear arms, if you want to remove guns in Chicago, then everybody should be removed from a gun from Chicago. Don't just say... You're going to do it, and it's going to happen in the inner city, and we're happy about that. Well, no, no. That's not going to remove poverty in Chicago. It might remove guns. And, and then the bad thing about it, the people who bring the guns into the African-American communities are not African-Americans. So then you need to deal with that if you want to remove guns. But understand when these people say, hey, you're focusing on guns in Chicago. There's a lot of those brothers just like me, because that's what you know, Killer Mike said, just like me, who wants to put my guns down, who wants to stop selling drugs, but when the economy doesn't give me the opportunity to do anything else but sell drugs, I'm going to be an entrepreneur on what I have. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't make that right because you're hurting your people, but how do you tell somebody I'm not going to live without giving them something to live with other than saying, hey, I'm going to bring you in these drugs, they're illegal, you don't have the capability to bring all these drugs, so I'm gonna bring them in for you. You gotta find a way to sell it without going to jail. Because if you go into, you get caught with this, you're gonna go to jail for 20 years for a nickel bag. But this is gonna be the only way you can survive in life. Then that's you know that's people are gonna sit there and say I gotta survive. Now it's not the right thing to do, but how we've got to show them the right thing to do and make it available for them. So we gotta start fighting for low interest loans in our communities. Talk about that when I say, you know, it's your future, shut up and speak. But that's what we need to do. We need to listen to them and see where they're coming from. Because I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be 60 years old. I'm not a, a young man anymore. I'm I'm AARP young man now. I need to know what that young brother at 20 needs from me. As a black man who has lived 60 years, what does he need from me that I can help him with? So he doesn't make the mistakes of selling uh, crack cocaine or being in a gang or 
or uh, put being in jail. What can I do? And if I can't figure that out as a Christian man, then I'm failing him. I don't care if he believes in Christ or not. I'm failing him if I don't listen to him to see what he needs. I'm just in awe of all of this because we really do as Christians need to wake up. And work together instead of, like I said again, instead of judging each other, because we we hit hard when we don't feel comfortable with someone. We talking about within our race, but when we don't feel comfortable with them, we're dogging them out. Don't even know, them, but we dogging them out. Don't want to be nowhere near them. Don't like what they stand for because it might diminish your reputation of what you stand for. But like I said, right now. It is time to do, just like they do in the music business, some great collaboration. We didn't seen rappers get together with country singers and end up winning a Grammy. We need to win the Grammy board to Christ with our, I'm not saying street thugs or anything like that. The opposite of what you believe in as a Christian, you need to open your eyes and say, you know what, we need to go there. Because like Rick said, we're going to be at the bottom of the barrel, scratching and get up like, what's going on? What's happening? They tried to tell us, but we wasn't. We turned a deaf ear because they didn't look the way we look. So what's wrong with me working with, a, with someone that we claim is a thug? Which What is a thug anyway? It's like... You, you know, know I'm just saying, but you know, the hate you give. Yeah, and that, that was an excellent <laughs> movie we saw too. But it's just the fact that the we we have these these abbreviations, negative abbreviations about each other. Is it is it I mean, is it something wrong? Let me tell you something. The United States was built on thugs. Do you know who came into this world? To take over from the Indians, it was thugs. Mm. And they, they were gangsters. And, and they were religious thugs mm -hmm. who came there, took over the country, and told these native Indians, you're going to have to start living our way. That's, those are gangster thugs. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what, so if, if that's the case, then the whole world, is, the whole United States has been built on thuggery. Because they, they came in here like gangsters and took something away from uh, somebody. Not trying to share it, but just take it. Take it. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, what? I, I don't have an issue with working with a brother who somebody wants to call as a thug who, who wants me to hear him and he'll listen to me. And maybe somehow we can get, we can collaborate. I love that word. Collaborate on something that we can change. Not, not, if it's not the world, maybe the community. You know, you said a good point there with um, he need, they need to listen to us and we need to listen to them. And once we could communicate within each other and hear each other, I hear you. What was that statement yeah. here? But that's what I, 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 I hear you and I see you. I see you right. and I hear you. And we, we need to do that instead of saying like, if they're not like me, they're like children. You know how when we grew up, it was children are made to be seen, not heard. We're not trying to do that. We all adults here. We want to be seen and we want to be heard in a good way so we could work together. Because once we're on the same team, I, I promise you it would get better. But as long as we stay divided within each other, we can't do nothing out there talking about, oh, we need to just sparse racism. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's... It's something that we need to do. So church people, let's start doing I love that. I said I made this up. I had to do it as a shirt. Let's start looking at our people and saying, I see you and I hear you. Mm -hmm. 
We got to start going out there and start hearing them, seeing them where they are and say, I see you and I hear you. What can I do to help? If I can't bring you into the building, maybe I can come to your block. Uh-huh. Maybe I can come to your on your street. Maybe I can come to your house. Maybe I can sit on your porch uh-huh. and just talk. Because if you don't come to the church, can you bring God to them? Yes, you can. Speaking of that, I remember when you did prison ministry. And I went with you a couple of times. And I don't know which prison this was i was so petrified it was east moline i was so petrified going with rick to hear him preach more so of that stigma everybody here just stay in prison they must committed the crime and the blah 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 they were the sweetest (laughs) the nicest inmates ever i felt so protected by them when my husband was up on that platform preaching and they were behind me i was like lord jesus just praying the whole time and then god just put a still calm over me and uh, in the words of brenda i got you and once he did that i remember i heard that voice of god that way because that's how we relate i remember slightly turning around <coughs> And I don't know if it was the correctional officer or someone. They just nodded their head like, you safe. You know, don't worry. They were really nice. And yeah. that that's, like I said, the stigma that we have on people. We do know everyone in prison is not in prison for something that they done. Hey, we saw that on the yes, uh, on a news. Dateline 2020 Tulsa, Tulsa, Tulsa um, Oklahoma, yeah. where they had over 245 people that they were working on at that time. Who were imprisoned and wrong in and wrong was was wrongly imprisoned. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Hey, we got to go on with this. Uh, I'm gonna say the prison time was one of my best times. I enjoyed that so much. Did it for over over a decade and really enjoyed going around the Chicago, the uh, state of Illinois, to different prisons and preaching uh, the word with my good friend Wendell McCaster. So hey, uh, listen up, everybody. We've got a couple of more things we're gonna share right now. Uh, I want you to go on Facebook and catch us there. We're going to uh, share some stories on that. But for you all that are on um, Soar Radio, listen up to these songs we're going to be playing. Hey, sometimes as Christians, we just got to keep the faith. That's what uh, Charles Jenkins is going to say. And then once we, we find out that God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can actually think, we just got to be like Kurt Franklin and say, one, two, three, victory. And my boy is going to come back uh, with another song. This is our namesake. Al Green going to say, hey, you know, after we find all this victory and joy, we got to stay together. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Rick McCain along with my baby, my girl, my boo, Arthur Brenda McCain, Tracy Brown and Social Distancing on Facebook. Hey, listen up to these songs and we'll be right back. What are you waiting for? Go tell your friends. Let's Stay Together Talk is jamming some great gospel music. Rick, drop that spirit on me. The question is... When you're standing at a crossroads, what do you do? 
Real sweet, when a fork is in the road. When a fork is in the road, what do you do? When the world is on your shoulders. When the world is on your shoulders, what do you do? When your back is up against the wall. When your back is up against the wall. Come on. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You hold on. You hold on. And keep the faith. Tell somebody on your road, say, Come on, tell somebody sitting around you, keep the faith. Come on, encourage somebody else, keep the faith. There's nowhere else to look. Where do you turn? When there's nowhere else to turn. Where do you go? When there's nowhere else to go. What do you do? When there's nothing else to do. You gotta remember, you're in the master's hand. The master has a plan. So hold on. Hold on. And keep the faith.
You're home all day watching TV, so spend an evening with the triple threat of Let's Stay Together Talk. No social distancing required. Hey, yo, one, two, three. Get yeah, victory. No weapon they throw at me. You know it won't prosper now. Yeah. Just got laid off. I'm doing good. House ain't even paid off. I'm doing good. Should be afraid, but I'm feeling good. All the time you say. God is good. Come on. Get ready for the new Jericho, you're waiting on God. He's waiting on you. So what you gonna do? Hey, yo, one, two, three. Get up, we got victory. No weapon may throw at me. It won't. You know it won't prosper now. Ron, this is crazy. Hey, yo, one, two, three. Get up, we got victory. No weapon may throw at me.
Turn on your computer, on your phone, and listen to Let's Stay Together Talk. Tracy will be right back after these commercial breaks. Now, check out some other great shows here on SOAR Radio. Hey, hey, turn that television off and join us live on Facebook. Go to Let's Say Together Talk now and let's talk about it. You are listening to the Triple Threat Crew of Rick, Brenda, and Tracy, providing spiritual food for the soul. Welcome back to Let's Stay Together Talk.
All right, welcome back to Let's Stay Together Talk. Your host, Reverend Rick McCain, along with my baby, my girl, my boo, author Brenda McCain, Tracy Brown Howard, doing her social distancing online with us as well. Uh, we've been talking about some great things here. You had a couple of stories you was talking about on um, on uh, Facebook. Is there one interesting story that you wanted to share online that you shared there? The Amazon, the Juneteenth. Uh, Amazon served all of their workers and employees, workers, uh, some waffles and chicken last Thursday. And the employees got a little offended by that. On that particular day, you were served us waffles and chicken. As I said before, the intent was beautiful just to serve them because they know this is not a federal day for um, people to have a holiday. But they just want to do something nice and People got offended. I think they took it a little too far. To yeah, be and as I was just saying, if they were just giving it to all the black employees there, that might have been considered offensive or racist. But mm -hmm. they were offering it to all of the employees there on June Juneteenth, and they were uh, patronizing a black business. So that was mm -hmm. a that's a lot of money that's going to that black business to mm -hmm. buy that. And so I, I think the the intent was nice. Uh, they may have. Maybe shared it with the people and say, "Hey, this is something we're thinking about doing. Buying this from this, so we can help the black business there." Mm -hmm. uh, what is your thoughts about this? I mean, that may have been a, a better idea, but I do think their intentions were were you know admirable. It wasn't to be racist or anything like that, and it just went about it. You know, it just went about it the wrong way. I think now we're, we're so we're so racially motivated. Uh, Everything is almost that's 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 wrong. That's and everything is not wrong. And I don't believe that I'm not an Amazon employee. I am a Prime member. <laughs> I don't believe that. But I'm gonna just say joking. Nothing said anything about the storm. That story that said that they didn't accept that food. So you know, you know they probably said, mm, 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 yes, this is racist. Mm, this chicken is good. That's our surf over here. <laughs> you know, they, I, they, mm -hmm. I, you didn't hear anything about them turning it down. So mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it didn't. Maybe it didn't bother them as much. Hey, we're going to go on uh, with our uh, show here, and we're going to start talking about um, our, our let's talk about it subject. And uh, I got music here somewhere for that, but you know. I a lot of times, uh, I I just don't, um, I just don't, uh, uh, you know, click on things. Something just popped up. I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let me see if I can find. This is what I always say. I always need somebody else to do this for me. But, hey, listen up to this, and uh, we're going to be right back. Hey. Hey. Turn that television off and join us live on Facebook. Go to Let's Stay Together Talk now and let's talk about it. All right, so let's talk about it. So y'all may have seen that out there. This is something I wrote out there. It says, you know, I let's talk about a thing and saying, it's your future, so shut up and speak. Like, what is he talking about when he says, it's your future, shut up and speak? I've been on my soapbox about this for a while. I think a lot of times we are talking loud and saying nothing as the African-American community. We are, we, we're protesting, you know, we're standing up for a lot of things. We're upset about this. I love the fact that the protesters are still going out there, but I think a lot of people are saying, no justice, no peace, and we're just Same. speaking, and we're, we're just talking. We're not, we're not speaking about anything, so I'm saying, hey, shut up. It's your future. Shut up and speak. 
Shut up with all this complaining is what I'm talking about. Stop complaining about what police officers are doing to you and start making a difference. You can speak about it by going to your local, your local government. Who is your alderman? Who is your congressman? Who's, who's the principal of your school? Who's making decisions for your education and your school system? If you're not concerned about that, if you're not in meetings, if you're not doing that, it's your future. Shut up then. It's time for you to speak about things that are really going to affect you. You can't just go out there and protest, say, I was a part of the protest, and that's the only thing you're doing, then shut up. Because you're not making any decision. Let me tell you something. They're, they know that these protesters are eventually going to stop. What they're worried about is what happens next. If they start seeing us organizing in our communities, in our cities, and saying, hey, now we, we protest, we got our anger out the way, now we got a plan. If you ain't got a plan that's going to make a difference in your community, then shut up and start speaking. Start talking to the people that make a difference in your community. It's like me. I can't say anything about what goes on in South Holland if I don't never go to a meeting in South Holland. Now, unfortunately, what they do here is they have them at 8 o'clock in the morning when you're supposed to go to work. You know, but... You need to start saying, hey, we need to have these meetings where people can come to. Yeah. Uh, we need to start at forcing our congressmen to say, hey, and churches, I'm, I'm going to jump on the church. You can talk about Jesus all you want to. Amen. God bless you. But you need to start talking about what's going on in the community. You know. What do we need to do in this community? If you're not doing that, shut up. So what's that saying? Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Are we only black and proud when we doing marching and protesting and rioting when it comes to do the due diligence work or going to these town hall meetings, going to the alderman, going to find out better yet, registering to vote. You could be heard so much when you register to vote and then go vote. Half of the people, when well, nothing's ever going to change, you don't know that. Shut up. And go speak. Shut up and do what you need to do. Yeah, if, if you're voting and you see something like a, a, an appellate judge or a circuit judge or a judge there, and because you don't know who they are, you decide that you're just going to go past that, uh -huh. then shut up and start speaking. Start speaking to yourself and say, I need to know who these people are. Because they're the ones that are making the decisions on if your child goes to jail or not. You don't even know who those judges are. Mm -hmm. You should be there trying to say, hey, this, this judge here that they got on this ballot, he didn't send 54% of African Americans to prison. Well, you didn't even know that. Why am I voting for him to be in there for six more years when, when his record shows that he's been more... Uh, negative toward African Americans than he is to anybody else. Uh -huh. uh, he's, he, you know, he doesn't care about the, 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 the rights of African Then, And if you don't know that, you not voting for him doesn't mean that he's not going to get in there. A lot of them run uncontested. You need to... Uh -huh. So you need to, before that person get on the ballot, know who he is. You go to your congressman and say, hey, Who's going to be the judges and stuff in our district? Congressmen. Who, who, who's making education the decisions in, in our district? 
When you're going to sit down and come to a, a PTA meeting or you're going to come to a, one of our church meetings and tell us what's going on in our community, who is this person that's going to be the new uh, uh, you know, superintendent over schools? Who is this person? Who, who is, who is uh, um, the superintendent of schools in Chicago? What do we know about him? You need to start Googling and finding out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out that you can find out, but if it's your future, especially for our young people, it's your future. If you just going to sit there and say, well, I ain't voting, then shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> shut up and start speaking because you're not doing yourself any justice. You can't sit there and say, I'm mad about this police brutality. You ain't voting on anything. <laughs> they, 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 people are coming together to try to defund policemen. Now, in a way, that's a good thing and bad thing. I think we need to start making sure that we govern them more and make them more accountable. Do we necessarily want them out of schools? Uh, if, if we take them out of schools, who's going to protect the teachers? Because these teachers are getting their butt kicked in these schools. Yes, thank so you. So, we, we, well, we don't want the policemen around. Well, then, then what's going to happen when one of these bad kids start kicking the teacher's butt? She ain't going to want to teach in your community. Mm-mm, and that's a good teacher gone. By you, know, I'm not, you ain't going to kick my butt and I'm just going to sit there and come back the next day and try to teach Johnny. Johnny mm-hmm. just whooped my butt. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. So, you need to start saying, hey... What do we need to do to make sure that this is not happening in our community? You just can't sit there. Well, that policeman shouldn't have pulled Johnny out like that. Johnny just kicked the, the teacher's butt. <laughs> Can we say something wrong about what Johnny just did? Uh-uh, but Johnny's but, a child. But Johnny be good, like the song said. Johnny needs to be good. Uh-huh. Stop, st- stop just complaining about something. It's your future. It's your child's future. It's young people, it's your future. Mama, it's your child's future. Shut up with all this complaining about something and get off of your butt and know what's happening in your community. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, your words are wasted. You're wasting my time. It's just words that are going up in the air that don't mean anything. They disappear without any kind of volume, any kind of force, any kind of demand. It's just arguing. I'm mad. Mad at what? What the police are doing. Okay. Did you vote the last time for mm-hmm. for who was your alderman? Tell your alderman, hey, if you don't start getting the police better, be, you know, better, better policemen in our areas, getting rid of these corrupt policemen. When your turn comes up the next time, I'm getting rid of you. Who is your local official? Do you know? No, half of them don't. Know. And if you do know who your alderman is, have you met him? Have you talked to him? Have you sat down with an, uh, other organize, organizations that might be in your community and sat there and said, hey, we need to start making sure that things in our communities work? Have you sat down with your alderman and, and said, we need you to go to our mayor and get low interest loans so we can start buying housing in our community? Mm-hmm. They have those low interest loans in the white communities. Why can't we have that here? Mm-mm. We need we need low interest loans so we can have business in our community. We want to stop having people coming in our community and not, and, and uh, they're not African American. They're not like us. We need to empower ourselves. If you're not empowering your voice, shut up. Stop all this because whining. Somebody and else is empowering your silence. So that's what the the cliche, not the cliche, the model, the theme for this um, election is we can't be silent anymore. I mean, all that protesting, and we're still silent out here. People need to wake up. I mean, seriously, 
wake up and really not just like that saying stay woke. Okay, we woke up everything negative of what the other races are doing to us or the race, the Caucasian race. But what are we doing to help ourselves? Right, and, and you know what? It's wrong what they're doing. It's wrong mm-hmm. what police officers are doing. It's wrong that that police officer shot that man because he was he he was able to get away, get away from both of them. And then all of a sudden now... They want to shoot him, and then the man get mad to my got him and kick him. It's wrong. But if that's all you're going to say is wrong, then shut up. We already know it's wrong. What are you going to do within that community to make sure that that wrong never happens again? What are we going to do? I'm loving the fact that these police officers are being fired. I'm loving the fact that they're being in prison and they're being uh, sentenced for crimes. You know, murder and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. what they need to be doing. But we need to make sure that in every community in the United States, especially African American communities, that we're not just only just griping about it and walking about it. We're talking about it. We're speaking about it. We're right. listening. We're coming together. We're collaborating with other groups of people. This is one of the first times in my life I've seen. All races coming together talking about the injustice for African Americans. Mm-hmm. We need to work together and say, hey, so now we know what's our plan. What do we want for this community? Because the community in Kentucky, the community in South Carolina is going to be different than the community in Chicago. You're going to have different wants and needs. you got to get together with a plan and start working with some of these groups and say, hey, we want to start working with you now. We're tired of just getting frustrated because the only thing that's going to happen and what the government is hoping that happens is that you're just going to complain and protest for a little while and, and then you're going to shut up mm-hmm. and not speak. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said, shut up and speak. Yeah. That's what they want you to do. Ah, they'll shut up and stop speaking in a while. So mm-hmm. we need to shut up and start speaking. Please. Because if we don't, all they're going to do is say, hey, just give it a while. It, it, it'll settle down. Things will go back to wait normal. Police will start killing, you know, like they used to. And, and the black people are probably saying, ah, we're used to this. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. This, this is a too important time to sit there. This is us doing our protesting to the society and to you by saying you have to do more uh-huh. than just protest. Colin Kaepernick lost his job because he protests. Uh-huh. And even now today, the whole thing and, and, and athletes are now sitting around, hey, this brother shouldn't have been that way. You need to give him his job back. You need to do this. You need to do that. Now, they didn't stand up from the way they were supposed to back then because they were afraid of losing their job. Uh-huh. But now at this pivotal time, we cannot let this go away. Yeah, We cannot just complain and argue about it. We have to start saying something. Use your voice. I mean, heck, you got all these social media things out here. Use your voice. Start throwing out information on there. I'm throwing out there. Stay woke. You know, and black this power. Is our, this, that. Um, we're using yeah. our voice. This is our platform to do that as in the media um, entertainment world. And I do want to say this, um, people, once again, as the topic is, it's your future, so shut up and speak. You have to make a difference and go out there because you are afforded so many opportunities right now to do so. And social media is your way to do it. If you're not a protester out there marching, 
do what we do. I mean, some people do have a podcast, radio shows, and some people, they, they care not to talk about it. Okay, that's that's your, you know, liberty to do that. You That's your, your opinions. You don't want to be involved. But whatever you have, and if you're complaining and not doing anything, then there lies the problem. You have to be able to use your voice for the greater good because, as we know, as our show say, let's stay together, talk. We all in this together. Everything works like a domino effect from this racism thing going on for hundreds and hundreds of years to the COVIDs. Everything is still a domino effect affecting everyone. So, again, shut up and speak. And I do want to say I put the information out there about the brass dial. So for those who are listening on SOAR Radio, um, you could tune in, or if you can, to our Facebook page on Let's Stay Together Talk. For our Facebook family who's joining us now, go to the page. Of course, you're on the page. You will see the similarity with that dial. So at, at going back to what we were I just talking about. I just wanted to put that on that page. Um, we, we've got to we've got to start doing more, and I'm, I'm calling on my young people. I mean, because they're so savvy, mm-hmm. uh, they're so intelligent. They know how to use this social media. They were talking about how Trump got trumped because people was using TikTok, acting like they wanted to come to his meetings, and then they oh, didn't come, funny. and so he thought he was going to have an overflow of a hundred and some thousand people, and it was only six thousand people, and it really made him look bad. We have a voice. We have a voice like we've never had before. You've got social media. You've got cameras. You can, you can put something on live just like that. You have a voice. I wish when we were younger we had a voice like this. When I was in my 20s and, and stuff like that, had a voice to say something. You know, we've got African-American athletes now that saying because Mississippi hasn't taken down the, uh, the Confederate flag, you had an athlete saying, I'm not going to play football for your team this year. If you don't take that flag down, now that he that's hurt that can hurt him in the long run because he might not be able to you know be that high ranked when he goes to the NFL. But he stood for something and said, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this violence that is happening to my community happen anymore." Athletes and artists and rappers and everybody's standing up. This is the time. Don't just sit there and just complain. Now, these athletes and rappers and stuff like that, they're using their money to make a difference. You, you may be like me and don't have any money, but you got, you got social media. Facebook mm-hmm. is still free. Twitter mm-hmm. is still free. TikTok is still free. Instagram is still free. You have, a, you have a voice that you can use. So use that voice and start speaking and then start collaborating with each other and start bringing groups of people together. That's how Black Lives Matter started. Sisters coming together and saying enough is enough. And look how big that thing is now. Mm -hmm. Don't even know. It ain't important it was a sister. (laughs) But, you know, they they came together and did that. And so come together. Grab some people with some like minds of yours and start off. Just because there's two of you, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered, he'd be in the midst. You got to start saying to yourself that it starts here. Somebody's got to start something. You got a voice. Speak. If you ain't gonna do anything, shut up. Because that's all they want you to do. I'm gonna say this again. What the government and people in position and power believe that you're going to do is you're gonna protest for a while and then you're gonna shut up and not speak. So that's why I said shut up 
and speak because they feel you ain't going to do anything else. I love the fact that these protesters are still going on. But after it's over, we got to wake up, everybody. We got to wake up and start fighting and fighting. That's why we're doing this on, our, on this show. We're, we're educating people, voting. Voting is crucial. I love Snoop Dogg, but he told me I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while. Ever. I'm a vote. He woke up. Though. I'm like, yeah, he woke up, and I'm like, dude, you, you just realizing that? Come on. Vote. You, you got to vote, and you got to know what you're voting for. And I'm going to say this. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not for just voting Democrat. I'm sorry. Uh, Democrats use us like, uh, like the Republicans did when we was back in that day. We're like slaves to them. They just figured that you're going to get a black vote. No, Biden, what you going to do for me? What you going to do for the black community? I'm not, I don't want Trump in there, but I sure don't want you in there, and you ain't doing nothing better than him. Mm-hmm. You got to show me why, you, why my vote counts to you. Your vote has power. Make him request. I sent something over to, the, to South Carolina, and one of the people that was running against, uh, I think, Lindsey Graham, and I said to her, before I put your stuff out there, tell me what you're going to do for the black communities in your neighborhood. I never got a response back. Your vote matters. And you tell somebody, if you want it, you got to give me something. What are you going to do in my community? Alderman, you up for election. You know, let that alderman know. Because that alderman, he's going to let you know what he needs you. But you need to let him know before he needs you. Hey. Your vote's coming up in another two years. Oh, that reminds me of the football player you were just talking about before he joined with just a college team or yeah. something. He got leverage. Before I join your team, take that statue down. <laughs> and I mean, if it messes him up in the future, which I doubt, but you know, you got to use your leverage, know your playing field of what's going on. And a lot of people don't know how much power they have. They don't know. You, you've got to know the power. So I'm going to stay on this high horse, y'all. Uh, the, the topic of the thing was shut up and speak. And I'm going to say this again before we leave. What government officials and people in government think about this protest that we're doing is that it's going to wear down, we're going to have no plan, and we're going to shut up and not speak anymore. Mm-hmm. And we can't let that happen. Mm-hmm. So I say Shut up and speak. Once the protesting is over, start telling them, demanding from your local officials. Because let me tell you something real quick. When Trump said he was going to come into the into some of these states and he said the protesting, I'll come over there and I'll stop it. I'll bring the military and stuff like that. Legally, he can do it. Every state had the power to say, yeah, yeah, nay, if he can come in there. He could say whatever he wants to, but based on the Constitution, the state had to give the approval. It has to go state and then the local mayor. So if they have that much power to stop the president from sending armies into the, into a, a, a city or a state without authorization from the governor or the mayor, then your local government has a lot of power that you can tap into to receive. So start learning about what's happening in your local governments. So when you vote, you're knowledgeable and you have a power base. And you can go to that person and say, here is our demands. If you can meet this, then we'll vote for you. Mm-hmm. If you can't, we won't. And if you lied to us, we'll let people know you did. 
and you will be we a, definitely will. and you I will be know. a one term person. And w- what we're gonna try to do our best is to get you out before it's time because we mm-hmm. we want you to resign, mm-hmm. and we're gonna tell people why you should resign, and force you to, to honor our demands. Hey, I gotta go. I'm gonna be on my high horse for a while. Hey, uh, let me tell you something. Um, we just let's talk. You know, sh- shut up and speak. Um, after we get a plan together. We need to wake up. And my, my guy, Hell Melvin, in the Blue Notes, the McCain Train Request is going to come up with, wake up, everybody. So listen out to the McCain Train Request. This is uh, your host, Reverend Rick McCain, along with my baby, my girl, my boo, author, Brenda McCain, and Tracy Brown Howard. Social distancing on Facebook. Hey, we'll be right back after this McCain Train song. You are listening to the McCain Train Request here on SOAR Radio. Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead The world has changed so very much from what it used to be There's so much hatred, war and poverty Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say They're the ones who's coming up and the world is in their hands when you teach the children to jump the very best can The world won't get no better If we just let it be na, 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 na. The world won't get no better We gotta change it now Just you and me up all the doctors make the old people well they're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hell but they don't have so very long before their judgment day so won't you make them happy before they pass away wake up all the builders time to build a new land i know we could do it if we all in the hand, the only thing we have to do is put it in our minds. Surely things will work out. They do it every time. The world won't get no better if we just let it be. The world won't get no better. Gotta change it now, just you and me. Change it, yeah, change it, yeah, just you and me. 
questions about the 2020 census and we have answers let's go to caller number one well what is it good question 
It's a simple questionnaire that counts everyone living at your address on April 1st. Next caller. So why should I take it? Because it guides how billions in funding gets used each year for things like clinics, fire stations, public transit, and so much more. Caller 3, go ahead. What's it have to do with representation? Well, your state's population determines the number of seats it has in the U.S. House of Representatives for the next 10 years. Next. How do you take it? Just look for an invitation in the mail starting March 2020. Then complete it online, by phone, or by mail. Let's go to our final caller. Is my information safe? Yes, it can't be shared with anyone. It's the law. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to shape your future. Start here. Learn more at 2020census.gov. Set it off with Let's Stay Together Talk. They for real, y'all. Where Christians unapologetically stand on the real word of God. Welcome back to the baddest crew on the internet. Baddest crew on the internet. Let's Stay Together Talk, where Christians go to have fun. All right, welcome back to Let's Stay Together Talk. Your host, Reverend Rick McCain, along with my baby, my girl, my boo, Arthur Brenda McCain, and Tracy Brown Howard. She's on Facebook with us, uh, responding, taking care of some things. Uh, um, hope she's she's doing better. Uh, she'll be back with us in 2021. <laughs> the way it seems like it's going, you don't know when you're going to be coming back. But, hey, we was talking about, uh, let's talk about it. If you, if you missed it, we was talking to people about shut up and speak. Um... You know, it's it's your future, so shut up and speak. We're talking about, you know, people protesting, having a plan of what they're going to do because the government is hoping that what you're going to do is just protest a little while, and then eventually you'll stop, you'll shut up, and you won't speak. So mm-hmm. we've got to say it's our future, it's your future, so shut up and speak. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to come back uh, to, to now, we're going to talk about the talk. And so, baby, some people don't really know what the talk is. I know you're going to give them a definition on that. But I was talking to some people and, you know, listening to it. And I'm listening to other people, rappers and artists and stuff like that, talking about it. And a lot of our Caucasian friends don't know what the talk is. They actually thought that it was, the you know, hey, the birds and the bees talk. You know, we got to talk about sex, you know. And, that and, was our era. <laughs> you know, that was our era. But, you know, when you have the talk, the talk has been something that has been happening with African-Americans for centuries. Uh, Before we had to have the talk that we're having now, African-Americans back in slavery and back in the time that they got emancipated and was freed had to have the talk about how you spoke to white people. How you had to say, yes, sir, and stuff like that. They had to tell you, hey, you can't go out there and, and speak to them like you would speak to someone else. And so and that was look them in the right. eye. So that was the talk that they had now. But now, you know, that we're supposed to be free, you know, uh, and I think one guy said if you if if if, if you have freedom, act like it. Uh now that in nineteen sixty eight and we got the equal rights amendment, um with you know, that with equality and stuff like that, the talk that we have now with our children deals with how you're supposed to deal with the police. And the show we saw, and I put it out there, it was called Thug, you know, uh, The Hate You Give, and I, I thought it was an exceptional sh- uh, show. It's talking about how to deal with policemen uh, and the thought that they have against African Americans. And so what you got over there? Um, Like you said, 
Once again, it's not the birds and the bees. We're dealing with the eagles and the hawks right now. The talk now is a rite of passage with African-American parents, definitely for their young men and young boys, but for the young women as well, of how to conduct yourself when you are being pulled over by an officer, whether white or black, but mainly white, that you keep your hands on the dashboard. You do not question their command or what they're telling you to do. Do not reach for anything. Do not grab anything. Whatever they tell you to do, you need to do it. Do not question them. Sadly, you could be doing the right thing. You could do all the things, follow all the commands, and still end up dead. But this is why so many parents feel that it's necessary to have the talk with kids as little as four years old. Yeah, and, and it's sad. You know, I was looking at the movie, and one of the things that I think the young lady said was very powerful was, um, how can we remove the fear that the police have um, about us when what they fear is our color? Mm -hmm. So the very essence that you are African-American is what they fear. So I can't remove my color. Mm -mm. Uh, so you're fearing something that you shouldn't fear. I fear you more than you fear me because you have a weapon that can kill me just because you fear the, 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 the concept of what my skin means to you. And again, I blame media for doing this a lot, especially um, Chicago media, I just can't stand sometimes because they're always trying to find a black picture somewhere of an African American or a black story where a black person is robbed somewhere uh, um, without showing anything about other races, especially Caucasian. And so this thought process that people have is that black, you have to fear black people, uh, which again makes the, that Daryl Davis story when he went to the Ku Klux Klan and was able to get them to understand who he was, was so powerful. It's so much that we have to do as African Americans to get uh, white Americans to see who we are, uh, that it's a shame that even now in 2020, parents have to have the talk with their children about how to uh, interact with policemen. I can still remember my mom gave me the talk with my mom, then my father. It was I was in eighth grade. And we was about to go, you know, downtown. Uh, we was going to go see Bruce Lee. And my mama told me about, you know, hey, if you, you know, you're going out there, the police are going to probably be watching you. Be careful. Don't say anything smart. Don't run away from them. If they say something, listen to what they're saying. Um, because, you know, I don't want you to be hurt. And she was nervous about me going by myself downtown in an area where, the police were probably going to be looking at me as someone that was going to steal something. And so it was, it, 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 I didn't understand that. I'm like, I'm just going downtown. You know, I didn't understand what she was concerned about. But it's amazing that we're talking about, what, 50 years ago? And we still got to tell our children, we got to give them the talk about how to deal with the police just because you're African-American? Hmm, what's that saying? Driving while black. 
policing, uh, policing African Americans, surviving police encounters while black. It's so many um, different titles that we're holding while black since we can't change the color of our skin. But you know, the, the worst part of this is that this stigma has been placed upon us and it's sort of like monkey see, monkey do. No offense to African Americans of how many different things that we've been involved in, but the racism thing has started decades ago with them beating us and we don't fear you, but you fear us, and you're the one that's been shooting us down with water hoses, beating us with clubs for no reason. For those protesters, protesting that we did, that was, um, you know, a good claim protest. Or from slavery. I mean, you could just go back so many ways. Of, you guys make us seem like we're the savages, and we're not. We're just humans out here. We've been brought over to your world, so please treat us like we're humans in your world. But we don't even get the benefit of the doubt. And I know a lot of people might get turned off by this, but it is the truth. It is the solid truth of, hey, you guys terrorize African Americans forever, and now you're doing it now with a bed behind a badge. And yeah. that's the part that hurts. And, and, and the thing about it is that um, when, you, when you think about that, um, it's amazing that we, we live in a, in a society where because of my color, I've got to be told to be afraid. You can have a white kid in a hoopty mm -hmm. riding around and the police won't stop him, but an African-American can be driving in a nice car and the thought is, what did you do to get this car? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whose car did you steal? I want to check your license. Who does this car belong to? Where did you get this car? Where are you coming from? Well, make it even better. That that Caucasian driving around in that nice car won't even be questioned. Yeah, but I'm saying he could be in a car that looks suspicious, and they won't stop him. And and, and that is that's that's systematic racism. Mm -hmm. That's that's racism at its highest. That you just look at me. I'm going to be 60 years old to uh, soon, not today, but soon. And I still look at TV. Sometimes just automatically to make sure that the person that they're talking about doesn't look like me. And I can remember about 10 years ago, they were, de they were describing a person, he was bald-headed, about this weight, this. I'm like, that's a little bit too close to me. And it made me concerned because I didn't want to go somewhere and the police automatically think it's me. And this person had did something to a police officer, I think, too. And I was like, oh, my God, this is too close to me. Now, I didn't really say anything to you about it, but I was saying to myself, this is too close to me. I don't want them to see me out there waiting on, a, on the bus to take me to work and my job and say, that looks like him. Let's pull him over. Let, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, I'm, I don't have any rights at that time because my, you know, even though I have First Amendment rights, uh, they can they could break that or not follow that. Throw me down to the ground, you know, put a chokehold on me, put my they knee on my thing, stop me from breathing, mm -hmm. and in eight minutes and 46 seconds, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. All because they assumed this person was me, 
without just coming up saying, hey, you know, we, you know, you look like a blah, blah. I would show you my license, you know. Uh, and so, I mean, even with the, the thing at the Wendy's, he, 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 was, he showed them the license, stuff like that. Then they want to arrest him for driving under the influence. Well, he wasn't driving at the time. Just drive him home. All you do is say, hey, this is not right, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we, we didn't see you driving, but you shouldn't be driving. We're going to take you home. We don't have that afforded. So the family still has to have the talk to their child. And here's the thing that troubles me. They, we have these talks with our children, and I don't think they're listening no more. I think they're immune to it. Because yeah. just like in the, the movie, um, what was it again? <laughs> the Hate You Give. Yeah. I, even though it was wrong that they killed the young guy, but you didn't have to get the brush and brush your hair. You know, the young lady begged him, put your hands on the dashboard, and they still told him to get out once he did that. But she came across his brush. And he just said, oh, pass me the brush. I'm going to brush my hair while the cop is doing a check on him, running a background check. You didn't have to do that well, at that and, moment. And, but you know what? But it doesn't excuse the yeah. cop from shooting. No, it doesn't. I mean, I, I, you, I can't even sit there and say what he did was wrong. He should have the right to go into his car and get a, and get a, uh, get a, uh, a comb or a brush. I mean, if the white boy can do that, so should he. Yeah, you, you know, the, be able the, to, the assumption we live the in, assumption no. is that the, the white kid could even have a gun, and the police officer ain't gonna shoot at him until he Buddy, gets shot at. Put that back in your dashboard. He doesn't please. say, you know, put that down. We can have the assumption that we have one. Just the assumption. You move, and he's. I thought he was moving for a gun. You been down. I thought he was been down to his gun. You caught the wrong way. His hand like it was going for. I mean, and, and, and these are the things that's just just scary. You can't do anything. <laughs> but the fact of the matter that we had to have these this this talk still now in 2020, mm-hmm. parents had to have the talk with their children to let them know what's going on. And so it's a shame that that is happening. It is. Um, but you know, hey, that that's the way of the world right now. Hey, uh, I'm going to play one song here, and then we're going to come back with one of our last topics we're going to talk about. Then we're going to have a... We we may try to get the relationship later. We've been having a hard time doing that lately. Uh, We're going to have Club 50 talking. We should be able to get everything in. So I want you to uh, listen up to this uh, song. I thought I had it up in there, and I didn't. (laughs) Uh, We're going to play a song for you. Maybe we won't play a song for you, because I don't have a song out there. Um, um, no, I don't see anything that's really easy to put out there real quick. Uh, I tell you what, um, what do I got here? I ain't got nothing. Baby, let's go <laughs> to the next subject while I'm trying to find a song. We, we've got to talk about the last thing on, uh, let's talk about it. Where is the love? Showing love in the black communities. Where's the love at, Rick? You know, it was, it was funny again because I told you I was listening to some of the, you know, the guys talking and stuff like that. And I heard uh, it was um, IT. Uh, T.I. T.I. Yes, sorry. T.I. Um, um, what was his name? Uh, Killer Mike. And uh, this other guy uh, was on the show. And he had said that, uh, you know, what the things you need to do in the community, stuff like that. He made a profound statement to me. He says, <clears throat> I don't think black people like being black 
anymore. I don't think they, 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 they like the fact of being black. And we live in a world where so many ethnicities, races of people, are trying to be so much like whites. Uh, you got Latinos that'll do that. You got Irish that'll do that. You got Japanese. You got Chinese. You know, they're they're trying to kind of assimilate to that because you know they it, it provides more of a benefit for them. And, and when he said uh, this, and this is true. That's not anything. That's true. This happens. You see it all the time where people are trying to assimilate to that because of the benefits they get. The lighter skinned you are, the more benefits you have. When Irish people came here, uh, what helped them, because they didn't want Irish people here, was the fact that their skin was light and they, 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 they were able to assimilate. When the Chinese first came here, they wanted to kick the Chinese out. They had a, 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 uh, a law that you know Chinese could not come in. And for a couple of centuries, Chinese, Chinese American, Chinese people were not allowed to come to the United States. But what helped them was that their skin was light. And so they were able to blend in. That's what they call the melting pot. You know, you're melting into that one color that's been accepted, which is white. And so most nationalities try to melt into that, that color. And so when he said, you know, we're not proud of being black anymore. Well, you know, it really troubled me. You know, and I mean, you know, and it, so that's why when I came up with that, it was like... Um, uh, where is the love showing love in your black community? We we're we're not showing love in our black communities. We're killing each other in an alarming way. You can't say that you love your community, and yet you're killing your own people. We're selling drugs to people and killing them at an alarming rate. We're stealing from each other at an alarming rate. Sex trafficking. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that's still more of a white thing, but. <laughs> uh, it's uh you know we're doing a lot of things and and you know we need uh to start loving each other again and showing some love to each other um you know and I, I just that troubled me when I heard him say that that it doesn't seem like we love each other anymore we 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 have, we've divided each other try to be a melting pot race because we you know light skin is better than dark skin and you know different shades with you too dark and I don't want to be talking to someone that's that dark or I don't, you know, she can't be my friend. And, and, and even they did a study long ago where they were showing black babies uh, dolls and they said, here's a white doll and which, this is a black doll. Which one do you like? And they would pick the, overwhelmingly, they would pick the white doll because they did not, they were almost trained and not liking what they looked like mm -hmm. because majority of times the only thing they had to choose was the white dial because that's the only thing that most um, companies were producing was white shaddy Cathy's and, and Barbies and, and uh, other dials. And so when the child saw the dial that was one was black and one was white, they all, they, most of the times, nine out of ten times, would pick the, uh, the, the white dial. And so we've been institutionalized to think that is better to be a lighter skin and and not to like who we are. And so we have to get back to what James Brown said is say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And I just think that no matter what shade you know, of color. Yeah, and I just think that that happened. I mean, you did a story, you did a segment about that. Mm, colorism. You know? Yeah. And it, it's it's sad because 
I know I'm that in-between color, as we call it, the um, peanut butter color or the brown, the, well, I can't say brown, they used to call us caramel or the peanut butter color or whatever. You were just in between the invisible color. You need the light or dark, so you was more accepted to go either way because I noticed like um, when we did this, you could put me in a picture with every six shades of people being darker than me and I'm the lighter complexion. Or you could put me in the picture with someone six shades lighter than me and I'm the darker one. And unfortunately, our communities have divided us up that way. Light-skinned girls was being picked on from dark-skinned girls. Dark-skinned girls didn't want to be bothered with the light-skinned girls. It was just so much. And I had a friend tell me before, you don't understand our plight, Brenda, because you got that invisible complexion. Nobody say anything to you. I could empathize with people. I, I, I get it. I understand it because I had... Friends on both ends of the spectrum that always pulled me trying to stay with them and to do this. But when it comes to the community factor of this, we separate ourselves. We are still divided. And that goes back to what we were talking about last week, the week before. We got to get on the same playing field and show our love for one, for one another. Because yeah. if we don't do it, guess what? They not going to do it. Yeah. So we better just appreciate, you know, each other. That's why I lift up my sisters and tell us we are beautiful. I don't care what complexion, what body type you are. If I feel the need to say it, I'm going to say it. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing we got to do. We got to start, you know, loving each other. I, you know, I have this uh, page that I have. It's called African American Love, and it's called AAL. It's a Facebook page I have out there. If you want to join, go ahead and join. It's called AAL, African American Love. Uh, I, I have not been, uh, you know, um, writing on it as much as I should. Uh, but I, I say I want to get back to that. Um, but uh, it's um, it's important that we start showing love to each other. You know, I wanted, you know, I, I wanted to start a movement where every time another brother saw a brother. We just say, you know, what's up, brother? What's up, brother? What's up? Just, just acknowledge each other. You know, I'm here. You're here. We together. Let's form a bond. You I know, I see you and I hear. Right. You, you know, and, 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 and you want to, uh, you want to be able to do that. Uh, but uh, we have, we have grown to follow the leader. Uh, we, we were, we were oppressed, and so we act like oppressed people. We. We were despised, and so we despise our own people. We were hated, and so we hate our own people. We were killed because we were black, and now we're killing our own black people. We're following the leader. We didn't like what we saw, but like they say, hurt people hurt people. Uh -huh. we, we've been hurt. We've been abused. We've been neglected. We've been, we've been tortured. Been you know, yeah. uh, we, we had so many things happen to us. And instead of us rising above it and saying, no, we don't want to do this to each other, we are still repeating the same cycle of hurting and killing and, you know, our own people. And don't let one person get a little bit higher than the other. We're going to try to pull them back down. Crabs in the barrel once again. We need to do better collectively as a race. 
And like I said, it's not bashing us because God knows I live being African-American. I love the shade of color God put me in. I love the shade of color my husband, my family, my friends. But if we don't do right and start paying attention and doing better and loving each other and loving up on one another, I'm telling you, we're going to be extinct. And it's going to come sooner than later because if we're killing each other at the alarming rate that we are still doing, I always say, a lot of people don't like this saying, how can they respect us if we don't respect ourselves? We really need to respect ourselves. They're going to be racist, period. But the unity of us coming together, walking together, fighting for justice together, that's a beautiful thing. And hopefully this is not temporary. Because yeah. I could just see it, you know, in the fall months, fizzling on out. This is a time that we have to start working together. I mean, this is a very pivotal, I mean, and, and, and so many people are saying what we are seeing now uh, is just, it, it's, it, it doesn't happen once in a generation. Mm-hmm. And, and this is phenomenal. a generational change mm-hmm. that's happening right now that we need to we need to, you know, unite to. We need to grasp, you know. Uh, you know, there's a saying in the church of, that Creflo Dollar comes. Money coming to me now. We, we snatch it out of here. We need to snatch out this this time that we have mm-hmm. where unity is coming together with us and snatch it and claim it and start doing right. But African American, my black people, we can't expect the other races to stand up for us if we're pulling each other down. Yeah. We we got to stop doing this. And so that's why African-American love, uh, you can join that. It would be great. Uh, we need to start working together with each other. You know, it says, where is the love? Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to start finding the love again and showing love in our African-American communities. Bring back your black clubs. Start working together in your communities. And, uh, you know, clean out the bed. Uh, you know, work with them. But if they don't want to work with you, clean them out. Uh, get them out of your community and start uniting together and the power and when you see that power that African Americans coming together uh, if African American people came together oh my god mm-hmm. do you know how a force we would be mm-hmm. it, it says like only 15% of the world is African American do you know what that 15% can do if we came together I mean we could be a phenomenal force in this world Look at where we are now. I mean, you got billionaires and millionaires now, and we're not really coming together with each other. Think what can happen if we came together. We could be our own lottery. Wouldn't need it. I mean, I'm not saying you don't do the numbers again, but I mean, we could start investing in each other. Like I said, I want to see a, a, a black, um, what's that show we saw uh, where they had the people on the black shark tank? Mm. You know, hey, we're gonna go on. I'm gonna play this song. Uh, James Brown says it best. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. We're gonna play this. We're gonna come back with uh, Club Fifty. We might have a chance for the uh, relationship letter. We'll see. But this is Rick McCain along with my baby, my girl, my boo, Arthur Brenda McCain, Tracy Brown Howard. Listen up to this song, and uh, we'll be right back.
shots taken from the Hollywood Palace, a very interesting booklet indeed. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, our program booklet. Thank you very kindly. Hey, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Let's stay together and talk. Your host, Reverend Rick McCain, saying it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. My boy, James Brown, is telling us. We got to start loving each other again, but we have to have the confidence that our blackness we can be proud of. And James said it, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. I've been talking to people on Facebook. Hey, I want to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. We haven't, sponsors have not been sponsoring us lately because most of our sponsors are plays. If some of y'all don't know, me and Brenda do play reviews on the Let's Play. It's been a while since we've done one. We're going to get a shout out to our sponsors anyway who have sponsored us and helped us out. Uh, you know, um, Eyeline Management, Looking Glass, um, American Blues Theater. Um, I always forget some of these places. Uh, what's in Glencoe? Writers. Writers Theaters. Certain person has helped us out with our show and we appreciate that. And we know that when the time comes again, they will be uh, sponsors for us as well. Hey, if you know somebody who wants to sponsor the Let's Stay Together show, Tell them to contact us at Let's Stay Together Talk Show at gmail.com. Give a shout out to Soar Radio, two times stellar award winner for best internet station of the year, year, year. Already doing some excellent job with this 2020 Soar Radio. Man, they're going to be having some guests out there that <coughs> uh, it is amazing. We went to, this is our third time we went? Uh, and uh, I made the big mistake in thinking, 
you know, I come a little bit later to go see the uh, the store radio. I had to park so far away from the thing, it seemed like I had to walk about a mile because that place was packed. Uh, Rockford, Illinois. Uh, Justin uh, is doing an excellent job out there yeah. with Soar Radio, him and his father and family. Uh, we are so happy to be a part of this uh, radio network. And uh, 2021 Soar Radio Awards is going to be um, uh, just just phenomenal. So go to Soar Radio um, and find out more about it, soarradio.com. Uh, he's already out there on his Facebook page telling you a lot of things is going to be happening, so check it out. Uh, baby, what you, what you get? Before I say that, I want to do a shout out to Piper Kilpatrick. Yes. Today is her birthday. We love My you Piper. and wish you happy birthday. We hope you are having a wonderful day. You have a nice weather day too. So we're hoping you are having a blast for your, I'm going to play with her for your 21st birthday. Yes. Yeah, that sounds so, good. So that's my girl. See, so you, you Stephen girl. You, you and him are like a freaking hey, friend. I miss him. <laughs> I see Piper, he's out there, Piper, but I Piper, miss you. Piper's my girl. That's, you know, that, that's my ace come boom. We, we, we ride or die mm-hmm. when we go in the theater world. It's you and Stephen. Y'all like freaking frat. Hey. Can't break them up, boys. Like, my God, can we take the glue off? <laughs> yeah, Stephen just text Piper. We shout him out, Stephen. We missed our girl. We miss you, too. Yeah, so what you got for me? Uh, okay, do you want me to do a relationship letter? It's long. No, go with your uh, Club 50. Okay, Club 50. Last week, we talked about Advertise on Shirt, baby. We talked about Juneteenth on Club 50. This week... I'm doing something a little different, and I want all of you guys to participate. The topic is, what advice would you give to your younger self? I'm going to post this probably in a a blast. I'm not going to do too much of a write-up on it, but I'm going to kick it off. So I would like you to participate. Just give us a quote, Club 50, give me a quote on my page. You could put a picture from you. 10 years difference, 5 year difference, whatever. Just put two pictures out there if you have it or just put your beautiful face out there. This is geared for my golden divas, but my men, you could get out there too. Because I just, we need some inspiration. What would you tell your younger self to help you move on in the future right now? I would probably tell my younger self to get out and vote. Um, yeah. Know, know your worth. Um, um, I'm laughing at Steven because he said, hey, Frick. Um, um, I'm who, who, who's that? Frick oh, Frack. a Frick and Frack. Oh, yeah. I thought he was trying to say something no. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what I would tell my younger self. But uh, excellent job with this Club 50. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going what's gonna to be. It's going to be, you know, Club 50 for a while because, you know, when you start reaching past that, 50 and you like you know you we in the 50s now okay. people now could go, I have my people in the 60s 70s participating but that's going to be the name until I hit the big six so then we think about yeah, changing okay so I got about like, 20 more years for the big there six there you go <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I mean we, we hope you know you enjoy the show we're not really going to go off here but kind of just you know climax of what we talked about uh, we were talking about um, as as black Christians can we work with unsaved brothers and sisters we're basically saying to the uh, to church and African American church that we need to make sure that we're not at the bottom of the totem pole, uh, that we start working with people on common goals, uh, not necessarily worried about so much about them accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, which we want everybody to do, but working with them so they don't look at the church as being some a a person that they don't want to work with because of our thought process. 
Uh, everybody's not going to go. To, everybody's not going to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, but everyone should be offered the chance. But mm -hmm. during that time, we need to know the per people we're talking to, know where they at. You know, I, I, I you know, I, you know, I, I see you. You know, I see I you. you. I hear you. We've got to start doing that. Then we talked about uh, it's your future. Shut up and speak. I said it many a times. I say it again. The government is hoping that we will go through these protests and just do something, and then eventually we'll sh we'll shut up and we won't speak. So I'm saying it's your future. Shut up and speak. Uh, the talk, uh, amazing thing that we're still having the talk now uh, with our children about being careful about being around the police. Uh, you also had to have that talk about being in white neighborhoods. We still have to have those talks too, mm -hmm. um, because you know you could just be walking down that street and somebody will call the police on you. Uh, so you still have to have that talk about how you you're dealing with the police. Thank God you got cameras now, that helps out a lot. And um, where's the love showing love in the in the black community? We need to start loving each other again. Uh, we cannot get upset about uh, the the love the. The hate that someone else is showing us when we're not showing ourselves love. So we have to be very careful with that. Uh, baby, you got anything you want to say? Um, I just want us to stay prayed up, stay awake, realize the, the times that we're living in. Um, be aware that COVID has not gone anywhere. Even though this weekend they're going to be opening up some stuff. Just be aware of your surroundings. Have your mask on. Do your social distancing when you're out. Wash your hands. I mean, because our world is so different now. There's so many things coming at us. But I still say we are afforded the opportunity to make a change. Be the change that you want to see the world coming to. Uh, that is so true. And... Uh like I would say again, this is a pivotal time. It's a generational period where African Americans can come together, where they have the support of other nationalities that are saying that injustice has happened. They're, they're, they're starting to understand what systemic racism is all about. We cannot let this generational gap in society go without taking advantage of it and working for the equality for all people, especially for African Americans. Mm -hmm. And so please, young people, churches, come together. Let's work together to get this done because we may never, in my lifetime, or even in your lifetime, get this opportunity again. Yeah. I told you before how long it took us to get civil rights. It took almost 100 years before after slavery to get civil rights. We're looking at now, from civil rights to 2020, it's like about 52 years we're still looking at systemic racism. This is a generational 